His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. Um, I just want to encourage you, um, I've heard this from different ones, Bill Johnson and different ones, but if there's an area that you're struggling with, and I'm thinking of finances now, listen to Tony, if you have a struggle with finances, get with Tony afterwards and ask him to pray for you. Um, He's getting awesome revelation, and the Lord moves through those situations. You know, if you ask people to pray for you that the Lord's given revelation to, that'll shift something in your life, so... Look for him. Don't let him run out of here without praying for you this morning. (laughs) That's cool. Okay, I'm just going to pray. Lord, we just thank you for this morning. And Lord, we just give this day up to you. Lord, I thank you that you just came and met us during worship. Lord, that your spirit just flowed. And and Lord, you've done a work in our hearts already this morning. Lord, I thank you for that. And Lord... I just come before you and I ask for what you want shared to come out this morning. Lord, that I would just be a vessel for what you have for today. And Lord, that you would just flow this morning. And Lord, if you have um, more for Hannah to share, that you would help her to share that when I'm done. Also, Lord, we just give this morning to you and ask you to have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Amen. That's right. (laughs) All right. What I was going to talk about this morning is um, walking in victory. But what I put is, are we trusting in him? I felt like the Lord's been uh, speaking this to me for a while. I went back a long ways and got different things. And it's like, okay, I feel like the Lord has spoken and said, he said it through a lot of prophets and things, that this is a year of victory, this is a year that he's going to do mighty things. And to me personally, he's saying, are you trusting in me? That's how you get your victory, is trusting in me. So, um, trusting the Lord is uh, what I continually bring myself back to in daily situations. It's like when an emergency comes up or when I get that phone call that something's not going well or stress hits all of a sudden. I know I'm the only one that deals with these type of things, you know. <laughs> or, you know, we all have many instances like that, um, whether it's stress, panic, worry, anxiety, fear. To me, what I have to come back to is, am I trusting in the Lord? Um, So what I wrote is, where are we spiritually when these things come up? How do we respond? I feel for myself, it's easy if I'm in a place of trusting my Heavenly Father. So when those phone calls come in or those situations that just feel like that stress just been dumped on you, if I'm in a place of trusting in Him because I've had that connection with Him, It's a whole lot different than when I've had a week where I haven't felt like I've had any connection with him. I've just been rushing around all week. It just hits you completely differently in those situations. So, although not so much of those situations are easy, when I haven't had that connection, when I do, it's not such a big problem. That's what I wrote. Um, Isaiah 28, 16 says, 
Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. And um, I like this. The Greek version reads, Look, I am placing a stone in the foundation of Jerusalem, a precious cornerstone for its foundation, chosen for great honor. Anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Uh, that's awesome because that's the difference um, when I'm dealing with those situations. When I trust in him, I feel that he's there and it's not going to be a big deal. Um, Romans 9 30 through 33 says, what does all this mean? Even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standards, they were made right with God. And it was by faith that this took place. But the people of Israel who were so tired, I'm sorry, who tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law never succeeded. Why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead of by trusting in him. They stumbled over the great rock in their path. God warned them of this in the scriptures when he said, I am placing a stone in Jerusalem that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall. But anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Then First uh, Peter 2.6 says, As the scriptures say, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor. Anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced again. So I looked up trust. I'm like, okay, what's this mean exactly? And the um, definition I like says, Assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone. One in which confidence is placed, or a dependence on something, future or contingent hope. And for me personally, that's what the Lord is speaking to me for my victory in this year is, are you going to be in that place sometimes, or are you going to walk in that place continually of trust in me? Because it's not that he guarantees things aren't going to come up and we're not going to have hard situations. What he guarantees is he will help us through those things. He will bring us into the peace that we need. Um, so I was thinking about that as I was writing things down and I put, have you ever been in a place of trusting the Lord for the situation you're in? Am I the only one that's been in a place and it's like, Lord, I have to trust you for this because I don't know how else I'm going to get through it. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, where do I go from here? Has that place of trusting ever seemed a little difficult? Or did it feel a little, or did it feel easy or natural? Usually not. <laughs> when, you're, <laughs> when you're in that place of trust in the Lord, it's usually not easy. It's usually not natural. <laughs> Paul. I was thinking about you as I, was re as I was spending time with the Lord. Have you ever been put in a place of trust in the Lord for your farm? <laughs> Never. <laughs> a couple times. You know, some 
live in that place. I mean, I think of Paul when these things come up in the farming, and I'm like, I'm glad the Lord didn't put me in that business because I would be stressed out all the time. (laughs) But yet he knows who can walk in that. I mean, he's put Paul in that, and how many testimonies have we had? Paul come up here and say the Lord's done this. You know, he got us through the drought. He got us through this and that. Now, did it always work out exactly like he thought it should have? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) But did the Lord remain faithful in those situations? What would you say, Paul? 100%. That's how it is. When we trust in him, he remains faithful 100% of the time. LaVonda You've been involved in business a day or two. (laughs) Did you ever have times you had to trust in the Lord? You know, did you have times that things didn't work out quite like you thought? (laughs) Always. And yet, what do we hear, LaVonda? How many times have we heard, LaVonda's such a giver. She's always blessing somebody. And I was thinking about that when I was spending quiet time on this. And I thought, you know why LaVonda's a giver? Because the Lord has taught her to trust him in business for years. He has, taught her, he has taught her that her job, her business is not her source. It's the Lord. So when something comes up and she feels like she's supposed to give, she doesn't have to worry, am I going to be provided for? Because she trusts the Lord. She knows he's faithful. She's walked in that. And I just think that's awesome. It's an awesome testimony that LaVonda has of people saying how giving she is and generous. So I was thinking about Mike and Marty. They've been in that place for years also now. You know, we all walk through those, you know, trusting. Not only do you just have one area. I mean, they've walked in the trucking business for years now and helped LaVonda with that, took it over. And it's like, okay, does that make it any easier? No. (laughs) It's day in and day out. Are you going to trust me? Are you going to do what I tell you? Are you going to be faithful to know that I'm the one in charge. I'm the one that can take care of you. I mean, the Lord is there and willing and waiting. And then, you know, Ari, they stepped into the place of a beautiful daughter and a whole nother situation of trust in the Lord. Where are we going with this? What's he saying? Does it always work out like we think? No, it doesn't. But can we say 100% of the time he's faithful in every situation? Yes, he is. Then Tony, I mean, Tony's been in the insurance business for years. You know, we can't help it. He don't have many friends because he's an insurance agent, but (laughs) he's been in it for years. (laughs) Sorry, Tony, I had to put that in. (laughs) So has he learned the Lord's faithfulness? Yes, he has. He trusts him day in and day out. I mean, look at this tithe offering he gave today. Is that because he just rolled over and knew the Lord just takes care of you? No, he's walked it. He's walked those steps of coming out of the place, thinking we can handle it ourselves, to rolling it over to the Lord and saying, Lord, how do I walk in this? I want to trust you. And I just think it's awesome. I could go around the room and I could name just about everybody in here the same thing, you know. I mean, just one after another. And it all comes back to, are we going to trust the Lord? Sure, we're going to get our victories. Why? Because we love him and he loves us. 
but are we going to trust him and make it easier in the process? Um, I was looking back through my journal, and my journal's like 10 pages for 10 years, you know. Hannah's is like 20 journals for a year. <laughs> so I could find my stuff real quick that I was looking for. <laughs> As I was thinking on this, I look back in October of 2015. We had just returned from vacation with a few families in the church. We had all rented a big house, and we had went down to the beach, and we had a good time. And when I returned, I got sick, okay? So I went to the doctor. I mean, I got sick. <laughs> like, I couldn't function sick, you know? So I went to the doctor. They said I had bronchitis. They gave me medicine, sent me home. That didn't help. So I had to go back a second time. Now, what you got to understand is I don't like going the first time. So if I go back a second time, Hannah's probably taking me in on a stretcher because I can't hardly get there myself, you know. <laughs> so I go back a second time, and they said I had bronchitis again. <laughs> They sent me home with medicine. This didn't help either. So by this time, I was a little bit tired of the sickness and worn out. And I couldn't function or I wouldn't have went back. <laughs> I mean, it was extreme. So I went back to the doctor a third time and I explained to them as nicely as I could, something has to change <laughs> because I'm not leaving this place <laughs> until you figure out what's going on. <laughs> So I explained to him I'd been two weeks, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't function, I couldn't breathe. <laughs> when I say breathe, I mean I could breathe a little bit, but then I would have these coughing fits and my throat would close and I couldn't breathe. <laughs> and that's not a good feeling. I never had that before. So what they told me this time is they said, well, the problem that you have is probably not bronchitis. It's probably the whooping cough, or however you say it, okay? But that's the only way we can treat it, is treat it like bronchitis. <laughs> so in other words, what I've been taking the past couple of weeks is all they can do, and they can't do anything about it. <laughs> but they were nice enough to give me some more medicine, the same thing. <laughs> But the one thing they did do is they gave me these inhaler, breathing treatments things, and that helped because then I could breathe when I would start having that fit. You know, I would use those, so I was thankful for that. <laughs> but the whole time I was dealing with this, I was trying to trust the Lord to heal me. It wasn't that I didn't think he could heal me. It wasn't that I didn't have faith in him. It's just I wasn't being healed. I was still in the same place that I'd started. So what I felt like is we've all been in that place. You know, it's not that we don't trust or we don't have faith, but yet nothing's happening. You know, you're just there, and it's like, Lord, why is this? Why is nothing happening? And I felt like the Lord was showing me this now. This wasn't at the time. Believe me, at the time, you're going through those situations, and you feel like, is he ever going to speak to me again? <laughs> Where is he at? <laughs> You know, but now looking back, I felt like the Lord said, it's not a matter of am I going to do something or am I going to take care of you or am I going to answer what you're calling out for? 
The matter is, I'm not always going to do it the way you think I should. I'm not always going to come through the way you envisioned it in your mind. Man, that's a hard place to get to. <laughs> because I believe the Lord when I cry out to him for things. And I know how I think he's going to do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's like, I know he's, this is what he's going to do. And I can just see it unfolding. It doesn't unfold. That's not a fun place to be. <laughs> but I felt like he said, it's not a matter of, am I going to do a work in that situation? It's a matter of, do you trust me that what I'm going to do is what needs done? And I'm like, wow, that is a new place. And I was thinking of simple, just simple reality of, you know, when I get in my car and I go to drive somewhere, I have faith that my car is going to get me there. When I sit down in a chair here, I don't think I'm going to fall down on the floor because the chair is going to break out from under me. But do I trust the Lord that no matter how he handles it, he will take care of the areas that I'm handing up to him in all situations. I don't know. Sometimes you look and you think, I don't know. I mean, I do on one hand, but see, on the other hand, when it takes a little longer than you think, or you've had situations where you've prayed for somebody to be healed and they weren't healed, or a whole list of things, it's like, do I really trust that he's going to take care of those situations and I had to come back to, yeah, I do. Not because I can, but because you're going to make me capable of trusting you in all those situations. You're going to give me the faith I need to walk through those situations. So looking back on that, I went through that two weeks of I just wanted to have somebody knock me off so I didn't have to live anymore through that whooping cough <laughs> and I noticed the kids went to a conference um, in Detroit and I was supposed to go to that too I don't know uh, who all ended up going but a lot of the teenagers ended up going I was supposed to go to it but I got so sick I couldn't and Mariah and all the kids that went up there they prayed for me on a Friday night it was October 16th 2015 they prayed for me. I've been dealing with this for two weeks. I mean, nothing was touching it. They prayed for me on a Friday night. Saturday the 17th, I got my voice back for the first time in two weeks. I was able to sleep for six to eight hours solid, and I didn't have a breathing attack from that point on. It changed overnight just like that. Now, did I see that coming <laughs> did it happen the way i think the lord was gonna i thought the lord should have done it at the time no but looking back i'm like okay i went through that for two weeks and i felt like he was miles away you know and then just like a switch got flipped and he just changed everything overnight now did i dwell on the fact that he changed that overnight as long as i dwelt on the fact that he was nowhere close <laughs> No, because you're better and you're on to something else, <laughs> you know, and I thought, Lord, I did trust you, but I didn't see it. I couldn't see how it was happening. I couldn't see what he'd done after it happened. I mean, yeah, I had a, a short time where I knew he healed me, 
But it was almost like so fast. I knew he healed me and I was on to other things that I wasn't even thankful for what he'd done in that time. And I'm like, Lord, help me to be in a place that my trust goes beyond my doubts and my fears and my anxieties. So when you move, I can dwell on what you've done. Just like Hannah shared this morning during worship, I thought that's awesome. If we can dwell on what he's done and let go of what he hasn't, the next thing we know, we'll have another thing to dwell on he's done because we've let go of it. And it'll be like one thing after another because he wants to do things more than we want him to do them. He's a heavenly father, and I'm telling you, if we get one little glimpse of how much he cares and how much he loves us, we will not worry about him answering us again because he's so much better than we can ever think or dream. So I wrote, do things always go the way you want just because you're trusting the Lord? <laughs> no, they don't. But that doesn't mean the Lord doesn't care or isn't listening. Some things he wants us to trust him no matter what we see or walk through. You know, just like Paul in the Bible. I mean, look how many stories Paul shares throughout the Bible. And it doesn't matter what he walked through. He was praising the Lord, and he was thankful for where he was. He was thankful in little. He was thankful in much. He didn't have a fear of the Lord not coming through. He didn't have a doubt of trusting his father for who he was. So, <laughs> I like, this is one thing the Lord's done in me with business, because I love business. He's placed me in that, and I just... I eat and breathe that. You know, I'm always looking for challenges and, and things. And uh, I know I annoy my guys sometimes when they call me, you know, but they'll call and, and someone will be starting a conversation with, we have a problem. And I always like to stop them and say, no, you got an opportunity, an opportunity to solve a problem, <laughs> you know. And I feel like that's how the Father wants us to be when things rise up. It's not like, oh, no, we got a problem. What are we going to do here? He wants us to be like, awesome. The Lord has another opportunity to show how faithful he is. It doesn't matter how he's going to do it. I don't care what he's going to accomplish between point A and point B. All I know is he's going to accomplish it. He's going to take care of it. And to me, that is an awesome place to be in all life situations that we can be faith or he can be faithful and we can be confident that he's going to move in those things. So um, I read The Forgotten Way a long time ago, and so I've forgotten half of it. Is that how that works? <laughs> but I was looking back through when I was studying this, and I thought, this is, there's a lot of awesome stuff in there. Did you guys do that for the, me, for the, yeah, the ministry, you guys read all that. Well, I read this, and I was, I seen this when I was looking back through, and I just wanted to read a little bit more. It says, when you let go of all that you think defines you and fall into your father's arms, you are believing in Yeshua by placing your identity in him. Let go of what you think you know about the dark, stormy seas in this world and instead believe in Yeshua. Turn your newborn eyes back to him and discover trust 
once again. This is your surrender to let go of all the world as you think you know it. That surrender of the system of the world might seem costly, but what is that cost compared to your gain? Truly, you are only letting go of deception to walk in power and freedom. You're surrendering into the light and freedom because the truth will set you free. Consider Yeshua's, Yeshua's teachings. Count the cost before following me and more. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And even more, let go of all that possesses you to possess the treasure in the field, the pearl of great price, the kingdom of heaven now at hand. If you instead treasure your earthen vessel, which decays, and the world, which even a moth and simple rust can destroy, you will suffer that same decay and destruction, because where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So count the cost that is no cost at all. Become like a child and trust your father. Let go of your fixation with the ground and climb into his arms. He will fill you with wonder and love beyond comprehension. You might still think the waves will crash. I'm sorry. You might still think the waves will crush you if you let go of what protects you in this world, though Yeshua says they won't. You might think you'll sink beneath the water if you step out of the boat, though Yeshua says different. So much of what you think will keep you safe is only grievance and distraction that blocks the light of truth and keeps you in darkness. I feel like I've walked in that majorly because of the things I think are safe and I think are okay are things he's telling me to let go of. You know, it's just earthly things. They don't mean anything. Um, and personally, it's like, Lord, get me, get us to a place of letting go of those things this year. Get us to a place of knowing what's important, and that is his trust, his faithfulness, his wholeness in our lives and all that we're calling out for. Excuse me just a second. Okay, I'm back, I think. Now, um, like everyone else, my trusting in the Lord started when I got saved, and it's continued to grow ever since. At, let's see, I don't want to share this. From the time I was old enough to start doing things on my own, I had never been in a place of trusting anyone outside of myself. <laughs> and that's a very scary concept looking back <laughs> but that's where I was as a teenager it was like and it wasn't that 
I didn't have bad parents. My parents were really good parents. But for some reason in my mind, I thought I needed to take care of myself. I needed to do my own thing. I needed to be my own person. And so I had this mindset of you take care of yourself or you're not going to get taken care of, you know. And when I come to the Lord, that all changed. And he began to speak to me about that. And that was the big key that he... um, well, there was a lot of things, but that was one of the big ones that he done in me right off the bat was um, beginning to teach me to trust him. That was an awesome thing. So at the very beginning, I told the Lord, if you help me, I will walk in your ways because I knew I couldn't do it on my own. I mean, I'd always been the one that, you know, you have to do it on your own, just make it happen. I knew I couldn't. Because the way he wanted me to walk was so much different than the way I had walked up to that point. So he did that from the very start. He helped me step by step. The Lord became very real to me. Um, It was not just the Lord like you know things speaking to you. It was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He gave me dreams. He spoke things to me. He changed my perception. I mean, just overnight, he changed my perception of how I seen things and the way my mind worked in uh, worldly situations. Um, And it just went on and on. He just done a lot of shifting. But the way he did these things was, to me, the groundwork was trust. He taught me to trust him. And when I began to trust him, everything else could fall into place because I could rest in him. And that's one big thing the Lord's been speaking to Hannah is, Um, once I was able to trust him, I could rest in the fact that he's faithful. He loves me. He's going to take care of me. Um, He's going to do what's good uh, in my life. So I would say uh, after I had the major encounter with the Lord and got saved, that um, the Lord gave me that solid foundation of trusting in him. And I think John 15, 14 through 15 is a major key to walking in this solid place um, and trusting him in all things. It says, you are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the father told me. This is what I strive for. This is the trusting that I'm talking about. Because as we draw near to him, he does that. He becomes our friend. He becomes as real to us as our co-worker we're beside every day. He speaks to us just as much as we speak to anybody else because he is faithful. And he wants to be our friend more than we want him to be our friend a lot of times. So... That's what I strive for, to be in that place of being his friend, hearing what he's saying, trusting he has my best interest at heart. If he is for me, what I put is, um, if I'm at this place and I know he's got my best interest at heart, he cares, he loves me, he's there, he's going to get me through everything I come into contact with, I put, if he is for me like this, who can be against me? It's, it's the reality of that because there's not any um, doubt anymore. There's not any concern, you know, not any place of thinking, oh, is the Lord going to be able to do this? 
Um, Psalms 91, 14 through 16 says, the, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. You know, and I put on down, I'm going to skip some of what I got here because I'm running out of time, but um, I put, this was a basic concept that King David used um, to be pleasing before the Lord. He wanted that relationship with the Lord to stay intact because he had walked his whole life that way. From the time he watched his father's sheep to the time um, he was anointed king till Saul started chasing him and he was hiding out to the time he become king, nothing in David's life stayed the same except for he kept a relationship with his father. And it got him through every one of those situations. Now, do you think that David thought the Lord was answering his prayers the way he wanted them when he was in the desert running from Saul? <laughs> do you think he thought, oh, thank you, Lord, for putting me in this position out in the middle of nowhere trying to run for my life? No. But did he ever doubt the Lord? No. He never, ever doubted the Lord. Now, did he cry out to the Lord? Yeah. Did he ask the Lord where you're at? All these things, all the things that run through our minds when we're going through those situations. But I do not believe there was any hint of doubt in what David's heart knew that the Lord was going to take care of him and walk him through all those situations and bring him into the fulfillment of being a king without having to raise his hand. He had time after time he could have raised his hand and done something, and he didn't do anything. So I thought that was awesome because that's just how David walked. Um, and you can read story after story in the Bible about that. And, of course, God says David's a man after his own heart, and it wasn't because he was perfect, obviously. I mean, he had a lot of things he'd done, you know, that he probably shouldn't have done throughout his lifetime. But what the basis of the whole thing was is he sought the Lord and he treated him as his friend and he had that relationship that it didn't matter what was going on around him. He knew the Lord was faithful. So I'm going to wrap this up, try to skip some things here. What I felt like was the Lord was saying, um, and there was, some there was a prophetic word that went along with this and a lot of things. But I'm not going to read all that right now. I felt like the Lord was saying, give all your worries to him. He's waiting. Give all your stress to him. He's wanting you to. Give everything you are carrying to him. He wants us to trust him in all things. He has given us example after example of how he loves to take care and take us as his own. He is faithful and he is the complete fullness of what a true friend is. There is no lack in him. Once we connect to that place like David had, there is no lack in him. And I'm telling you, I'm speaking this to myself because that's where I want to be. I want to be at a place to where when I get that phone call or when that situation comes up that, 
It don't matter. It's like water off a duck's back. It doesn't make any difference because I'm not in charge anyway. All I'm doing is what he's telling me to do. If I can walk in what he's telling me to do, he'll take care of the rest. So can I mess up? Sure. But am I going to be one to f- the one to fix it anyway? No. He's going to be the one to take care of it. So, Lord, get me, get us to that place. Trust him in all things. You will never have lack in anything in trusting the Lord, your heavenly Father. So, if we could stand, I'd like to pray for us all. Lord, I just thank you for this morning. And Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you are bringing us as a body into a people who trust you in all things. Lord, I thank you that victory is ours. And Lord, the reason victory is ours is because, Lord, we know who our Father is. Lord, we know that there's nothing in us, but Lord, there is everything in you. And Lord, we want to be the people who walk in all that you have for us. Lord, help us to walk in the light of your life and the wisdom of what you want us to walk in day in and day out. Lord, teach us to give it all up to you. And Lord, trust that you're in complete control. And Lord, I just lift up each and every person in this place and all those at home that didn't make it. And Lord, we just give you this coming week. We say, Lord, lead us, guide us, help us to accomplish what you have for us. And Lord, make our way straight, straight after you. And Lord, give us a relationship with you that is a friend like no other. Lord, help us to have that intimate connection with you day in and day out. And we just thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Good job, buddy. Uh, I forgot to mention something. This, by the way, this was your, uh, this was Trent's debut, Sunday debut as associate pastor. Awesome. Wasn't it a good job? Thank you, buddy. It was awesome. Um, we, we wanted to just remind everybody about the fast that's starting tomorrow, that we're teaming up with uh, several across the country, um, Lou Ingalls and several. Um, so, uh, so just remember that. Um, the, what was on my heart about that was, um, uh, during this time, the most important thing is to make sure that you, you carve out extra time to spend with God in prayer. And, um, you know, whatever your fasting is, is up to you guys, I, I would encourage you, don't make it easy. If it's easy, it's only because there's grace, not because it's something you wouldn't do anyway. <laughs> you know, you can't, can't fast chores, guys, I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, but, but make sure to, um, to spend that time with God and press into these things. And the other thing is, I was really feeling this morning was uh, take time to have communion with your families during this this 40 days of fast. It, you know, a couple times a week, just get together as a family and pray and, uh, and um, you know, just ask for God's heart and take communion together. All righty, thanks. Thank you for listening to this message. Yeah.